Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, where we chat with today's most inspiring and innovative entrepreneurs in healthcare. If you like what you hear today, or ever on the show, I ask that you go to iTunes and subscribe and rate the show. Let us know what you think, whether it be good or bad. Always welcome the feedback. Today, I have an outstanding guest. Her name is Yiding Yu. She's a physician, innovator, and entrepreneur. She is the CEO of Tuiage, and they're a HIPAA secure mobile web platform that seamlessly bridges communication between ambulances and emergency departments. Using the latest mobile technology, Tuiage is designed to help first responders and physicians save time, save costs, and save lives. Really want to welcome you to the show, Yiding. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you, you know, and I think you guys are doing some really cool things to improve healthcare outcomes. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. But tell me, Yiding, why medicine? Why did you decide to get in? It's <laughs> a great question. I feel like in digital health, we should skip to like, why, why triage, right? It's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you so much. I have wanted to be a doctor for my whole life. Um, I think other people wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to be a doctor. And probably a little bit was brainwashing for my mother, who idolized <laughs> her, you know, the, the physician perspective. You know, she were immigrants to this country, and she viewed a doctor as someone of knowledge and caring, mm-hmm. but also a way of economic stability. And she wanted that for me. And for a long time, I, I just didn't even question. Mm-hmm. And in college, when finally you get to choose a major and decide what you really want to do, I was an economics major, but I was a pre-med as well. And I realized I loved medicine and I loved helping people. I spent some time working at the Hole in the Wall game camp at Paul Newman and realized that while there's a lot of ways that any individual smart person can make a difference in the world and, and make something more efficient, being able to do the same thing but help other people live their lives to a more fuller extent is probably the, the most rewarding thing I could ever do. So it became a no doubt that I would become a doctor and that's what I set off to do. That's beautiful and, uh, and a great story. And I'm sure your mother is proud. Your parents are proud of you for following that path on your own choice. And, you know, the reason why I go there, Yiding, is because oftentimes as healthcare leaders, we could forget what brought us here to begin with. And when we rekindle that beginning, it's what pulls us rather than pushes us to do what we're here to do, which is improve outcomes. So I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, hopefully we sparked you up just enough to dive into the conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. Always <laughs> great to follow our North Stars. Awesome. Yeah, totally. And so speaking of North Stars, what do you think a hot topic that should be on every medical leader agendas today? And how is triage approaching that? I think every healthcare leader has to figure out how they're truly delivering value for their customers. And hopefully their customers, when they think about that, they're thinking about their patients, people who are ultimately going to be at the and receiving end of their services. And there's so many ways that you can deliver value and should deliver value at the healthcare system. If you're a CEO, if you're a decision maker there, you should be focused on delivering high quality care at the most reasonable cost 
and the most efficient way for your staff. And one area of incredible opportunity is in the emergency medicine space. We spend so much money on emergency care. Um, it's because it's high acuity. And 19 million Americans will take an ambulance to the emergency department just in this year. So it's a very high frequency, high frequency event. And every time a patient hits your emergency department, it's you know, probably we spend two to three thousand dollars just on that. And that's not even accounting for all the patients who then have to get who have to stay in the hospital and get admitted. Overall, how ambulance transports to the hospital might account for about a hundred billion dollars in healthcare spending every year. That's real money. It's real money and it matters to our health system, it matters to payers, it matters to a hospital. And believe it or not, I mean I graduated medical school and I did not realize this fact. But ambulances across the country rely on radios to communicate to hospitals. And they've done so for about the last 100 years. Wow. And we really haven't done anything different. And that's astounding. Meaning that as a doctor, when I'm at the hospital, if I have a patient coming here with a heart attack, you mm-hmm. know, so our goal should be to deliver the best care for that patient with a heart attack in the most cost-effective, most efficient way. When I have that patient coming in, the only thing I get is a radio call telling me about a Jane Doe who might be having a heart attack, and they might be five minutes away. They give me a rough estimate, and then I'm just in a black box. Wow. There's no way for me to look up the patient's past medical history. There's no way for me to actually know when she's going to arrive. I just kind of like, I'm like, okay, heart attack's coming. Let's just like wait for them to get here. And that's ridiculous if you think about the technology we have today, right? Totally. Like I can meet at my friend's house with more information than what I'm getting about a heart attack. And <laughs> yeah. that's really what triage is trying to do. It's, it's really saying, can't we prepare the hospital and the doctors and nurses there with better information? And we've been able to do that with our platform that enables the first responder to send real-time information about that patient, be able to have an open two-way communication with the hospital, and have GPS tracking from that patient's home directly to the hospital. So everybody at the hospital who needs to be involved in that patient's care knows about her, is prepared for her, and ready to go the moment they step through the door. I think that's awesome. And you guys are truly rethinking emergency care. It's like I had a guest, Jeffrey Rowe, he's a spine surgeon. He's like, you know, the only other people that I know that carry pagers besides doctors are drug dealers. <laughs> and it's just like, we need to rethink this. And what is it that we're doing, Outcomes Rocket listeners, to rethink emergency care? And I really love, we had a really cool discussion before getting on the show here today with Yiding about the name Tuiage. And maybe you can give us a little insight into the name and, and what that stands for, Yiding. <laughs> it's a really funny story. <laughs> so this idea came out of a hackathon. And what I love about hackathons is that they ask a group of people with diverse skill sets to say, solve a problem that you care about and try to do it as quickly as possible. Just hack things together. And we said, well, Twitter disrupts you know, CNN, they are able to break breaking news stories faster than any traditional news network. And they can do that in 140 characters or less. Like, that's amazing. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, like I'm from Florida. I've been following, you know, the Hurricane Irma story. And almost everything is coming through Twitter. It's like, yeah. you know, it's better than CNN. And we thought, why can't we do the same thing for healthcare? And so it became Twitter for triage. And oh, it's stuck ever since. So awesome. It's such a great idea. <laughs> thanks. thanks. It, it, you know, the funniest thing is when I talk to people outside of healthcare, 
and I describe what happens for a heart attack. Most of my friends and family actually are just astounded that that's, they're like, wait, the hospital doesn't know that I'm coming. They don't know who I am and they can't see my EKG. And we're like, yeah, 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 they can't. It's just that in our today's day and age, when we have Alexas and smartwatches and everything else, we're saying, if you're having a heart attack or stroke, I'm sorry, radio is the best we've got. That's unacceptable. And because it's unacceptable, we have triage. We're, we're going to change the way that we communicate about emergency patients. I think that's so awesome. And uh, you know what? Up until our interview today, Yading, I wasn't aware of that, that radio is the way. I mean, it's just like radio came even before fax machines and we're done with fax machines. Come on now. So uh, <laughs> so can you give uh, the listeners an example of how Tuiage has created results and maybe a story of, of somebody that implemented the system? Yeah, so we have been very excited to recently celebrate our 50,000th patient. At oh, congratulations. So we've been live or launched for uh, just about 18 months. And we've been able to help uh, thousands of patients every month. And we're now uh, transporting about 6,000 patients every month and rapidly growing. And in that time, you know, delivering and measuring our outcomes has been really important for our clients. We had a hospital system that really looked at these numbers very closely. And so they were actually able to show before and after triage, they, they did a before and after comparison, that triage was able to save on average 14 minutes per patient. Um, when the patient came into the emergency department. And ah, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, you think about it, the American Stroke Association recommends that all patients with a stroke be treated with clot-busting drugs within 60 minutes. Wow. We can save you a quarter of that time. And right now, less than half of all stroke patients even actually make that threshold. That's how poorly we're doing with stroke care. So if you can like win back 15 minutes for your patient when you know time is brain, you should do that. We were wow. able to reduce their, you know, total time per patient for 15 minutes, you know, 14 minutes coming in. It translates to a 30% reduction in the time that patients got from the door directly to a room. And they were able to show that they actually saw more business. They got more ambulances coming to their hospital and more referrals going to their hospital because they were able to deliver such dramatic outcomes. And the satisfaction rates were fantastic. 100% of paramedics actually reported an improvement in the throughput of their hospital. And that meant a whole lot for the whole hospital. Well, Yuding, what you're saying is just, uh, it resonates with me because there's so many systems out there looking to improve. And it's not until you measure that you can identify areas of improvement and how effectively you've you've succeeded and it sounds like you guys have a nice model there in particular with stroke care to be able to improve and I know that here in my area you know I know that, that there's several hospitals that need help in that department I'm sure it's the same across the nation so congratulations to you guys for being able to provide that aid to the clinicians that are that are doing the work and uh, I'm really excited to seeing this expand because if I'm going to the hospital one day and I'm having a stroke, I want to be sure that they know about me and they're able to take care of me. I think a lot of people feel that way. And, I, and I, our team feels that way. I, I would say that we had an engineer, you know, one of our developers on the team. Um, he was during a really a busy product push. They were working such long hours and working incredibly hard to get something out. And, you know, late one night, he actually wrote a note to uh, the head of my technology team and said, you know, I care so much about what we're building. I lost my grandma last year to a stroke and oh. I want to know that 
we will change care for other people like her. And I think, I think we all, you know, we all want this for our loved ones to say that if there's a better way, I hope there's a better way, you know, that, that, that option is available. And we've made that option more accessible to people because triage is entirely free for first responders. So any fire department, any community EMS, any volunteer agency who wants to use the technology mm -hmm. to send secure information uh, directly to the hospital, it's entirely free. So we've gotten, we've got a lot of interest from some cities and some communities who just say, we want to be able to invest in this so our citizens are able to get better care because wouldn't we all want this for our parents, for our grandparents? I think that's wonderful. And thanks for sharing that story. Uh, absolutely. We all want that. We all want the best for our loved ones and we want the best for our communities. And so, you know, along the way, Yiding, we, we create things and it gets stressful. Things break. Sometimes, you know, we run into tough times. Can you share with the listeners a setback that you guys had and what you took out of it, the pearls that came out of it? Oh, wow. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many. I think um, one example that comes to mind is because, you know, building a company is tough. But one thing that I, we've built our, you know, MVP product, you know, most, and then we continue to refine it. And then we want to release you know, an upgraded version, a more scalable version. And to be honest, I don't think we, we scaled it that well. And we had users who say, you know, I felt like I sent a case, but the information didn't go all the way through or it was delayed. And we had basically a performance issue on that. We had clients who were excellent customers who gave us fantastic feedback, say, you know, there was a problem. This upgrade wasn't as great as you told us was. And mm. you have to realize like that, that's really hard. like, we didn't want to believe it. We, we thought like we had entirely re-engineered this. It's so much it's better than, to swallow. you know, yeah. yeah. And, um, but it really mattered that we took it incredibly seriously. And we looked at it and we said, where, what are we not measuring that we can't see? Cause this had all gone through like testing and QA. So what were we not seeing that our clients yes. were seeing? And it became very obvious that no matter how much we test the system, our clients are using this like hundreds of times a day. Yes. And so there's no way that we could possibly replicate all the different scenarios that they're, mm -hmm. uh, they're using. And so I think one, I learned that, you know, the customer is always right. And we, we have to address this with a lot of humility, no matter how much you think you did the right thing or how good you think you built something you're, you're going to be blind to the blind spots. And so it's like being able to come to the table and say, we're sorry, and we can do better. And it was actually remarkable that people truly in this industry care. They, they didn't think that, you know, we had betrayed them. They, they felt that we were working on the right things, but that we could improve. Right. And they helped us do that. And our Wonderful. partners and our hospitals were right there and they stayed with us. And I think that it wouldn't have been the same way if we had been deceptive or in denial. And I think if we were just denied it, we would just been pushing the can down the road and, and actually hurting our relationship. Instead, we embraced the feedback. We did entirely a deep dive and we solved the problem far faster than if we tried to brush it under the covers. Sure. Yeah. Yiding, and I want to give you and your team credit for, you know, listening. It's a big tip here to the listeners, whether you be creating a new product 
or trying to figure out a new policy or, or operating procedure, be sure to listen to your stakeholders and respond as soon as you can. And it sounds like on various different fronts, uh, including this tough moment that really kind of taught you, you got to listen and you got to be able to respond and take it. Even the feedback that you got about the name, you know, the triage, you guys listen, you guys respond. And I think that's wonderful. So a lesson to the listeners, always listen and always respond and don't marry your ideas. Be sure that you are always open to feedback. You think so maybe you can share the light of this whole thing. You know, you took us into that dark moment. Maybe share with us a proudest medical leadership experience that you've had to date. I would say that our most, our proudest moments are when this technology has made an impact on patient, patient lives. I mean, I was at a hackathon as a resident thinking about this idea and saying, I think that if we did this, we could save a life. And to take, like go from an idea, execute on it, deliver to a client, get all the way that you're HIPAA compliant, certified, you know, live with customers, with real first responders relying on it. And within the first month of going live with one of our customers, one of our ambulances wrote back to us and said they had a just amazing story and they, they were so excited they wanted to share back with us. There was a older gentleman who had fallen pretty badly while doing some landscaping work. And uh, when the ambulances arrived, he seemed very confused, but he also was refusing medical care. And his neighbor had come out and said, well, you guys can't take him to the hospital. I mean, he has his individual liberty. He has his rights. He says, he doesn't want to go. You have to go. But he looked really badly being up. And the paramedics actually didn't think that he was in a or any reasonable state to be making these medical decisions, but they were in a really tough spot. And instead, they they used triage and they were able to get permission to take the photos of his wounds and describe and record a video of everything that's going on. And they sent it to the doctor at the hospital. And the moment the doctor saw that information, he said, you know, he is far too sick to be left right there. You must bring him in you must compel this patient to come into the hospital. And so they did. They got the medical doctor's authorization to bring this patient in. And this patient ended up needing a massive transfusion protocol. He actually had lacerated his spleen on his fall. Oh, my goodness. And uh, needed to go to the OR, had his spleen removed, you know, got liters and liters of blood. And the reason why people felt so powerful about this, and he, he survived. He had a great outcome. That's great. But they thought that if the paramedics had followed and just said, you know what, he's refusing treatment, and they just left him at home, he wouldn't have survived. Mm -hmm. They felt so empowered to have technology that could give them the leverage and to send the information to the right person who made the right call at the right time, and they saved a life. And, And hearing that and hearing it directly from my end users who said, you helped me, I feel like I saved a life today, that's awesome. There's nothing that tops that. Absolutely. I think that's such a great story, Yuding. And, you know, the alternative being, okay, well, this guy's going to stay here. You drive away wondering what happened and then finding out that he died. I mean, a terrible alternative was prevented through that. I, I Thank you for sharing that. That's such a great, great experience. And so, Yuding, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It's the 101 course or the ABCs of Yuding Yu. And so I want to write out the syllabus and what it is, it's kind of like a lightning round. So there's four questions and I just want you to answer with whatever comes to mind first. You ready? All right. <laughs> All right. What is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? 
by measuring them first. So you can't improve anything if you aren't measuring it. And unfortunately, we're only measuring a tiny fraction of everything that actually matters. So I think the first place is actually start measuring. Love it. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Getting too excited or too committed to an idea without having it vetted. I, I don't think that there are any ideas that are holy. I think that there are great products and those great products become fantastic because they've been, they really understood what an end user needs, what a patient needs, but they're never so committed to an idea that you become blind to actually what would it improve and make this a fantastic product. Great message. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I think you have to decide what your values are and make sure that every single member of your team understands what those values are because those values will stay true despite the many adaptions that you might need to make. And in a lot of larger health systems, and I was chief innovation engineer of a large ACO and change is really difficult and change fatigue can set in where people just say, oh, this is just another thing I have to do. But if it is part of your core value to be focused on continuous improvement, to be focused on patient care and to be focused on always doing better, then your organization will be able to ride out the storms and the you know, disappointments, but also take advantage of all the opportunities that the industry and the world is bringing over to you. Yes. And finally, what's the one area or focus that should drive everything else in your company? So hard. <laughs> I, I would say like for, you know, for me, for triage, it's delivering value. And, and maybe that's the, the right answer for generically as well. And value uh, is defined as benefit divided by cost. So you either are reducing costs or you're improving benefits and you should be relentlessly Uh, disciplined about delivering value. And what would you say is the book you'd recommend on this syllabus to the listeners? Wow. I really like Sprint. And Sprint uh, was written by uh, a team from Google about product iteration. And basically, it's like a one-week plan on how to get to the core of what your customer needs, how to design a product, and then develop a plan to actually build it and then get user feedback. I think it's something that on the product management side is incredibly popular, it would be amazing if our healthcare leaders use that type of blueprint to think about iterating your healthcare. We need to move faster and we need to be more patient-centric about it. And if we could do that with something like Sprint, that would be awesome. That's awesome. And so Sprint listeners, if along with all of the show notes and nuggets that we've discussed today with Yading, you could find those on the website at outcomesrocket.com slash Yading. That's Y-I-D-I-N-G. You'll be able to pull everything up with links to everything we've discussed. So don't worry about writing it down if you're driving. Everything's going to be available for you in one easy spot. Yading, before we conclude, Let's hear you share one closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get a hold of you. My closing thought is that I think that there might be many of you who are thinking about you know, doing innovation and health tech, digital tech, and it's such an exciting field. There's so much going on in, in this area, but it might be daunting to start off. 
and uh, because we're very specialized. But I would say, you know, actually being outside of the industry is one of the greatest values that you could possibly bring. So if you're in healthcare and you're thinking about uh, starting a company, bring outsiders, bring people who can think outside of uh, what we're used to in healthcare. And if you are an outsider, don't be intimidated. You know, there's always going to be people who will uh, advise you and take you there. In fact, all of your customers will be experts in their domain, but you can do it. So uh, think outside the box and, and embrace being in, from another industry or from another uh, technology. And where can the listeners get a hold of you? Oh, that's great. So they can email me at yidding, Y-I-G-I-N-G, at twiagemed.com. And uh, tweet me at yiddingyu, Y-I-D-I-N-G, Y-U. Awesome. So Yiding, just want to say thank you so much for spending the time to chat with us today. Rethinking the emergency care, the way we do it. It's been super informative. And so just want to say thanks once again and looking forward to seeing what you guys are up to here in the next couple of years. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 